0: Assemble! It's back and bigger than ever. It's the Unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com. Now, here's the entire Soonerscoop crew Carrie, Josh, Eddie, and Bob.
1: All right, we are back for another edition of the Unofficial 40 Podcast. Thank you by Soonerscoop.com. The entire gang with us here today. Boom. All right. Uh, Welcome in, everybody. It is time for another uh, frosty edition of the Unofficial 40 Podcast. And uh, as I said, the entire crew joining us here. And boys, uh, Josh, you've had some power issues in Houston, along with pretty much everybody that lives in Houston uh We have had uh, lots of snow here in Norman uh freezing single digit temperatures. We're about to come out of it though. How are you boys doing? How are you hanging in there?
0: Don't well, I have power. so really for me that's that's uh it is amazing how that can change your whole perspective on the world. like last night we were sitting here at about four thirty. And we're preparing for another night of no power, and what we're going to do, and how we're going to work that out. And then we were literally—I <laughs> was looking at my fuse box, trying to set up um, a generator appraisal, uh, somebody to come out and set us up for a home generator set, uh, kind of setup. And literally, as I'm looking at the fuse box, the power came back on. So, changed my whole view of the world. Everything looks a lot better when it's you know shaded and light.
1: I know that uh, Eddie is uh, he's damaged a car. He's paid a lot of money
2: throughout this whole thing. It feels like it wasn't too long ago. I feel like we've been in this uh, like cycle for almost a week now, even going back to last Wednesday when uh, I got got by Big Red Big Dairy. but it hasn't been too bad. I mean, hanging around the house, I've caught up on a bunch of shows on television on Netflix. really. Uh, yeah, That's I, I watched your Honor which I thought was pretty fucking awesome, to be honest, with Brian Cranston. I, uh, I watched uh, the show about the uh, girl that got found at the hotel in the Cecil Hotel in Los Angeles. That was a Netflix operation. Pretty good. Pretty freaky. Uh, that's about it, though. It's just been weird with no midweek basketball, too. I like having that yes. awesome. <laughs> You You can
1: hear the unhappiness in Bob's voice.
2: Well, I'm just, well, and I'm sick of being fucking cold, too.
1: Are you guys, like, having to wear extra layers of clothes and stuff around the house? Like, it's gotten so cold, like, yeah. I can't, yep. there's no consistency in the temperature in my house. So that's... Yeah,
2: it's been pretty bad. It's been pretty bad in that regard. Actually, I mean, I don't know. I, I can't really complain. I haven't lost electricity, haven't had any uh, water problems yet. And I haven't really had any problems getting into radio and stuff in the morning with the roads, so it, I really I can't complain. A lot of a lot more people have been a lot worse off than I am.
3: And I love to shovel snow. It's been two days that I just enjoyed
1: a lot. I did that yesterday, and it was very therapeutic. I cleaned off yep. uh, my porch and my walkway and a little bit of my driveway, just enough so I could get to my car without stepping ankle deep into snow. I'll probably go out there and do it some more today. That's probably the best thing I've done all week.
3: It is completely cleared, so when my wife has to leave here pretty soon, she has no problems leaving.
0: Or you'd be in trouble. I feel like Bob, Bob, like yes. when he said that, like he like leaned back in his chair and put his hands behind his head. He He was flexing hard.
1: I thought it was more was like, like ah. you know, waiting for somebody to smack him or something, like if he didn't <laughs> finish.
2: I would absolutely <laughs> have paid a neighbor kid to do that. I'm not, I am, uh, I'm not <laughs> shoveling anything.
1: Well, you are, you are, you are a apartment condo dweller for life, I believe. You don't need a yard.
2: Uh, I think I'm going to buy, I'll buy, I bet I'll buy a house by the end of 2021. Whoa. Oh, oh my
0: God. Wow. wow. That is. That's a man that's actively looking. That, that's happening.
2: Uh no, I wouldn't say that, but I don't know. I'm going to try and do it right during the middle of the football season though, just so it makes me extra want to kill myself.
1: Yeah, I would I <laughs> last time I bought a house it was uh during uh March Madness and I was still actively covering the team on a daily basis and it I had to go to Memphis. Uh this was what 2009 with Blake Griffin's last year. Uh it was yeah. it was a nightmare. Just doing titles and uh, punch list and all that crap that you had to do before you moved. But, but by the way, uh, Josh, I don't fine. know if anybody's told not you this, but
2: awesome.
1: when you move into a new house, you're not supposed to have a bunch of problems. Like that's supposed, that's why you move into a new house. Uh, one of them is, you know, you caused yourself by drilling into a gas line. <laughs> the other is yes. out of your control, but my God, I've never known anyone that's moved into a new house and then had two major catastrophes.
0: Well, th- there are all sorts of rules. Don't move during a pandemic. Don't move um, the week of Thanksgiving. I mean, we we just we were like, screw it, man. We're going to just do whatever. We're going to live how we want to live, and we have paid the price. We still do not have a refrigerator in our kitchen um, because of the metal problems they've had with all the um, – uh, equipment needs that you know for first responders and all that you know or you know not uh, first responders but like medical all that sort of stuff has superseded the um, refrigerator industry and has desperately hurt it we are supposed to get it monday and then obviously the houston shut down and then we were supposed to get it today and it was the company who was going to deliver it's first day kind of back in the offices so that's been rescheduled again. So we we bought this refrigerator in like September <laughs> and it's supposed to probably be here next week. So
1: they had to make the refrigerator and they didn't have all the metal to make it is what you're saying.
0: That that's basically what we've been told. Like we it, it's a GE and we've been going through GE and it is it's been a thing. So and I mean like you get like that, that it's not like I, it's not something I'm complaining about. Like that that stuff is more important. That's fine. We we yeah, we have a refrigerator. Bastard. Yeah, we have a refrigerator. It's not like anybody's dying. You here. probably it's, watched it's just, the Thunder it game is, with
1: all your lights on the other day too. I,
0: I well, you know, uh the girls were well, dancing with a strobe light with both their iPads on <laughs> and uh you know, but I mean they were plugged into the wall, so it's totally fine. You know, their their batteries were low, so we had to charge. <laughs>
2: That is that is so perfectly uh, just just a one of those white people memes as far as having the two refrigerators, one in the garage and one in the uh, kitchen.
0: We we when this one is delivered, I'm going to own it. We will have three. Now, one of them we are going to give to a friend. We don't need three. But we, we have two at the moment, and make sure you, they're going to get sure you, shuffled around.
1: Make sure you add a deep freezer into the equation out in the garage. That's what
3: we have. We have a deep freezer in the garage to go. With Are the you bringing the home kitchen.
1: full deer or something? Why do you have a deep freezer? <laughs> Just the,
3: a lot of food that we store up, and that's actually what we've been going through this entire week, Has been going through the deep freezer and seeing what we, what we can make. Since we
0: can't Bob, leave. you— you got that when you were storing formula and baby milk, weren't you? Yep. You can tell me the yes. truth. Yep. Yeah, I hey, knew absolutely. it. That's father shit. We know about that stuff.
1: You guys need a moment? You need a, I, hey. you need a segment to talk about Uh we, I, I have a, a,
0: a, a friend of our family that... Um, she she could have gone in. She could have challenged Borden for uh, milk production, and uh, oh they they just got a deep freezer for all yeah. of it. It was it, it's Absolutely. impressive. I mean, cause it's so it's good I, And I'm not saying anything about months. Bob's significant other. I'm just saying my my knowledge base of this information. Yep, might be work for big bread, big bread, big dairy. It sounds like. <laughs> You know, Bob was kind of excited about the snow, Eddie. There, there's some, there's some warning signs Can here. Can we
1: talk about the the history of Big Bread, Big Dairy? Like, when this started, <laughs> how this Man, idea was hatched start? in the first place?
2: Like most things, it started in uh, the 27 person text group that I'm in. That is a <laughs> constant stream of just awesomeness.
1: Oh my, 27 people.
2: 27. Uh, I think it's around there. I mean, there's 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 probably like 13 active members, but there's a lot of lurkers, and that's the best part is when you get somebody that hasn't spoken up in a while. We don't want we don't want to spend a bunch of time on that. I know Josh has to get over to Hobby uh, to pick up Ted Cruz here in a little bit.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh my god. Uh, mm. See, and I'm always mm-hmm. hesitant to talk about like. Uh, Media, like that's the biggest text group I'm in, is a media text group. But I'm hesitant to to even mention that there's a media text group. Otherwise, you're gonna get all the conspiracy theorists out. Like, see, they're just always planning against us, the media elites.
2: Well, and I mean, the government sends out the talking points. We got to know what we're gonna cover for the day. Yeah,
1: exactly. Uh <laughs> No, that does not happen. By the way, can I just say I been doing some Twitter fighting lately and it's made its way to the board as usual. Um, and it was just about, you know, people being pissed off that the thunder were playing because we were having some rolling blackouts and I, and it, it's one of those things like, I know it's going to happen. And I can't stop it. Like I'm going to get into a fight and I I, I body the guy, but it's not going to end. Somebody else is going to jump on the next day. And that happened. And then I had to body that guy. Um, uh, but like this is my whole thing about the internet and it's it it happens we deal with like politics on the board all the time and try and keep it you know we we try and like let people have their say but it we know it's going to go bad and it always does uh and we get rid of it but it's just like i don't understand you know i people say well you're this or you're that like you know what i hate the left now because they have a president just like I hated the right when they had a Cause it's just the same crap over. And over. Like I don't get offended by you t- calling me a liberal or a Democrat or whatever. I mean, I've been a Republican. I've been a Democrat. I've been all this stuff. Like, can you just not let your life be ruled by whether someone agrees with you or doesn't agree with you in, in your political stance? Politically. Yeah. I mean, that's killing our, our entire country, if anything. Just to say, I don't listen to your show anymore because you guys got too liberal. Like, no, we don't talk about politics on the radio. You you interject that. You, you think that you know how I see things or I don't see things. Like, I was yelling at people for being soft about bitching at the Thunder the other night. Do you think that—am I a liberal? Because, that, like, I take different positions on different things. But you know what I don't do? I don't let how I feel like, unless you're just an extremist to the left or the right I hate you and I don't want to listen to you and I'll probably block you uh, if if you just won't stay out of my timeline but like I never say oh I don't like him and I won't ingest anything he does because he you know has a different view than I do politically like I just I, I this is my soapbox for the day I just wish if everybody stopped doing that I, what do I call it like political or uh, political uh, um, uh, God damn it! I can't even think. You're now. on a roll. Uh, political, yeah, political blackmailing. That's that's like that's what people are are doing. Like, I am going to boycott you because you don't love Donald Trump or you love Biden or you don't love Biden. Like, uh, it's just just stop it and we'll all get along so much better online. It's just ruining everything. So there. There's my soapbox. With I'm done. Talk sports, jackass. I will.
2: Now, you can find more on this rant on OAN and OR after Rachel Maddow's show on MSNBC.
1: <laughs> <laughs> is that is what is the most down the middle? Cuz I I know CNN is not down the middle. They are totally liberal. And I know Fox News is totally conservative. I think that's
2: the problem is there isn't a down the middle. There isn't one, right? Yeah.
0: Is there not? Well, guys, and people like get mad about that. Like, oh, I want that. No, you don't. No, you. The people that really want to sit and watch politics all day, they want someone to feed them the shit that they want. They want to confirm what they believe. Like, I I, 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 but again, to me, that's that. That's just me. I'm so apolitical. Like, it's because it's just, it's just a bunch of people yelling at each other about bullshit and whether it's a right wing idiot in the in the in the Oval Office, or a left-wing idiot. It's the same shit, same stuff. It just happens, and you think it's different, and it's not. It's the same crap.
1: Holy shit, I just saw Eddie's latest Instagram post. What are you you doing?
2: Going to a party, it looks like. I don't remember you being
1: this big
2: at that age. I don't know what that means.
0: that's that's hurtful.
2: <laughs> and out of context, it could be a little bit I different. You. Wow. Were you, uh, were you, you were s-
0: a little bit mesmerized by the picture. What is Eddie showing in that picture? He's wearing a leotard. Oh, ho, ho, ho. congratulations, Eddie. Mazel Uh,
1: Were you a Richard Simmons? Is that what you were going for?
2: No, I can't remember what it was. I think it was a date party. It, I definitely not Richard Simmons. I think I was just going for a comfortable look. Comfortable on athletic?
1: <laughs> <laughs> that looks like neither. Uh, I
2: think
0: it's comfortable.
1: Uh okay, let's I, I know let's get to some sports. I know you had a Zoom call uh with Lon uh just before we started the pod. Uh and you mentioned it's been weird because you know the OU Texas game got postponed, what, three times before yep. it just got TBD'd, I guess you could call it. Um so what's what's the latest with law and what all did he have to say that was interesting today?
3: Yeah. I mean, he's just sort of mentioning the, how the mental hurdle or how tough it is to stay sharp mentally when you're going through this process. And he brought up, I mean, the conference season was supposed to end next Saturday with Bedlam and Norman. Now, obviously that's not going to happen. They gave themselves that next week. And that's where Monday right now is where Bedlam and Stillwater scheduled but now you have home games against Baylor in Texas. Would the conference try to do a rush job and get every single game in, like go every other day that first week in March to try to get all these games in? And Lon didn't really have an answer. He's like, that's a possibility that's out there. Like, what when are they gonna come to an agreement of like how many games per team need to be played? Because you know who's had no interruptions is Kansas. Like Kansas is going to have its entire conference season in while Baylor will be like at 12, 13 games. And I think people are wondering how that's going to affect seedings for the tournament and, and how that's all going to work out. But you you know, how committed is he
1: to the tournament? Is, is he, do you think that I I guess that's a question for Joe Castiglione too, but uh, I'm curious, you know, it, if you get to some point where you're just like, look, it's better for our league to just not play the tournament and make up regular season games.
3: Yeah. Well, Lon was saying, you know, when it comes to the Big 12 tournament, they, from everything they know, they want to play it. And it, he doesn't think there's going to be a thing where one team opts out. I think ACC had that conversation a couple weeks ago of like, well, if, I feel good about where I'm at in the turn in the in March Madness. Why should I play this tournament and chance to get COVID and then really knock me out later? But you know he didn't express any desire of opting out. And I, the one thing that is going to be weird is it does sound like they're going to go straight from Kansas City to Indiana in whatever bubble they have to be in. So they're not going to be back. Norman for a long, long time when the second week of March comes around.
1: Well, and did we have we done the pod since the first you know the tournament committee released their first 16?
2: Uh, no, that was on Saturday. Okay, yeah, yeah I, that's shit. Saturday. I
1: mean, I can't tell what and days the or what double
2: overtime win. Yeah, I would imagine. I mean, you know, they come out on the three line and that thing of the 12 overall seed, but I would imagine, I mean, it's it's I think we talked about it in the uh, Scoop DM group this week. It's incredible that not only is this team in the top 10 in the country right now, but, I mean, they could be a two-seed in the NCAA tournament. That's just almost bewildering considering where this thing was or where where we thought this thing was going to be at the beginning of the season. I mean, I I, I think we kind of all agreed that getting to the second weekend of the tournament uh, would be the ceiling for this group, and now it's almost a disappointment if they don't get there.
3: Yeah, what what they're going through here, you know, in terms of three straight road games, I mean, these this is where, again, you just want to see their mentality. You know, you're supposed to beat Iowa State. You're supposed to beat Kansas State. But when you're on the road for an entire week, you know, can, can they still be physically, mentally sharp the entire time? Because, you know, as you get to the latter part of the season, any loss magnified much bigger than it would be in December and January. And, you know, you can't lose to Cyclones or to
2: Wildcats this year and still make your case for like a two or three seed. Pretty so. wild that it will be the three straight road games Would be the first time since 1996, obviously with the cancellation of the Texas game this week. And then the other fact is, I, I, I guess it had kind of been lost on me that they hadn't won at Hilton since 2011 and then Bramblage since 2012. It's pretty wild. And if they lose to either of these teams – uh you know i'm not gonna call for the firing of anybody but we might call them pussies <laughs> yeah and i mean they the, could add a fourth until bedlam got changed and
3: Stillwater could have been sure. four road games in a row
1: yeah and i mean the the iowa state thing i mean you think about it, i mean god i mean all the games that they played there in hilton and God, I just hate their fans. I mean, I, I don't know I if mean, it's the that last way anymore, but. Was
2: the Stephen Pledger game, right? The overtime I game? I believe
1: I was at Pachinko Parlor watching that game. Um, <laughs> and yeah, Stephen Pledger was just going off. Because, uh, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure I went up to Pachinko Parlor to my buds, uh, Chef Smith, uh, and we were sitting there watching the game. And, and uh, I remember being surprised that how well they were doing and they just went in and whipped that ass that night but i mean they don't do well in aims i mean even when it they, when they've sucked and ou's been clearly the better team they've lost it i know that's what's amazing because
3: 2012 ksu 2011 iowa state that's all the buddy years and it and trade young and like it never has mattered when it's come to those two spots
2: yeah, Pledger scored 38 in an Oklahoma overtime win at in Ames on January 29th, 2011. It's pretty wild.
1: And then the next year, they got beat
2: up there. Yeah, yeah and they haven't won since.
1: <laughs> uh, what, uh, I, I mean, now that Austin Reeves is back, obviously he has uh, had no problems just stepping right back in uh, and, and taking over the scoring for this team. Uh, but everybody kind of fell in love with Harkless and uh, some of the other guys, and they got better defensively. Has it has it hurt their defense at all, having Reeves back as a, as a starter?
3: I don't think so. We, just what Harkless and Mo Gibson have brought to the team, that intensity, that's become infectious to everyone. We, I mean, even Brady Manik has looked like he stepped it up yeah. on defense because he's, he's had to, and that's what I, I asked Kerr quest on uh monday is like if, when you go to this four guard lineup between you brady and victor e Walker only one of you guys is going to get minutes so it's, it's sort of like when you get in that first stint in the first half you need to show lawn that you deserve the minutes in the second half and it goes like that with the williams and mo gibson like they love the depth that they have but what that means is not everyone's going to, you know, not the same five going to be out there to close games out. And I, I thought it'd be a tougher adjustment, but when you talk to Brady Manik, Davion Harmon, I've asked this question in a lot of different ways throughout the season. They just all mentioned, you know, it doesn't matter. We get it as long as we're winning, that's good. And then you go back to work the next day of practice. And then you hope that you're in that final five for that, for that next game. You know, there's nothing, there's no, selfish me, me part of this team. And I think it's been very refreshing to talk to him throughout the course of the season.
1: Now there was some news. Kirk with told you guys, you know, this would be his last season that he was going to yep. go pro uh, for family reasons. Uh, I don't know if you know any more about that, but I, that's one of these things. I mean, uh, I remember, uh, Oh, who was it? Uh, the, the big guy that was real good friends with James for a moth and by yeah like i think that was the first time i was like why would you go pro and i mean you got to realize these guys can make a lot of money playing mm-hmm. other you know places other than the nba uh and i assume you know quest if somebody in once the nba in the nba wants to take a chance he'd be willing but uh he's probably going to have an opportunity to make a lot of money in, in some league overseas for sure i mean i i
3: think when i look at at that quartet, I was like, Alonis Williams and Kirk Quest to me, are going to make a lot of money overseas for a lot of years. I think Austin Reeves was going to try NBA, and he's done everything he can in the last two years to show that he belongs at that type of level, and I think he'll leave after the season, because he's been in you know, from the Wichita State years to then having to sit out a year. I mean, he's been in college a long time. I think he'll be ready to go. It's Brady manic that I'm just not sure because COVID changed the trajectory and the direction of his senior season so much that I, I don't know if this is the note he wants to go out on. And I don't know if the way that he's finishing is going to be enough to really make him look like a prospect at the next level if he wants to try to go that direction. So and when we, we asked Lon about that today. He said. They're not really talking about that. Those conversations will be had primarily following the season. What I can say with recruiting is whatever they lose from that quartet, they're going to go find it through the portal there. It's kind of like football. They're just like, we're not going to offer a high school kid, a junior college kid that we haven't been able to watch, haven't, haven't been able to get to know. So whatever additions we need because of who's leaving, We're going to do it through the portal. And, you know, sometimes it works out like it did this year with Gibson and Harkless.
1: Austin Reeves, if if you would like to write a tell-all about that son of a bitch, Greg Marshall, I'll help you with it.
2: (laughs) Oh, there's no doubt that he does not like him. He's asked – they've asked him – I remember back right when all the Wichita State stuff was happening at the beginning of the year. They asked him about it, and it was a very much uh, I'm not going to soil this man's name – Quite yet, but I will one day.
1: Let's soil, okay. Let's just start with Lynn, his his wife, because she's a psycho.
2: Oh, she's I mean, she is the uh, she is the perfect example of just a just a crazy bitch. Well, he turned her into a drunk. She might have already been like that before. I was <laughs> surprised. I was surprised that uh, you know Houston plays Wichita State tonight. I'm surprised that Wichita State's 12 and four this year.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, they got rid of him, and the players, like you know, they're 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 probably never been happier in their lives.
2: Yeah, that's probably true too. You know, I just real quick, Bob. I would think with you know the way that you were talking about how they handle the rotations and stuff, it has to help that they have a lot of guys that have kind of been through this before. Like, there's not very many. I mean, obviously uh, Trey Phipps and as a freshman, but nobody else in the rotation is necessarily. I don't know if they'd have a leg to stand on if they went up to lawn and said, I want to play more. Yeah.
3: I mean, the way Dave, the, the Davion Harmon played without Reeves, it, you know, it was, that's the best Harmon we've seen since coming to Norman. And then you get to Morgantown and Harmon's, you know, on the bench for most of the second half until overtime, when he finally got to make a couple shots. And it's just, that's what those guys have to go through. You know, the, it's basically you go game by game and whoever's got the hot hand. We used to say that, right, with the running backs uh, situation. Who, whoever's got the hot hand, that's who they are going to lean on. Well, it's like that every single game with basketball this season. Lon doesn't go in with a set five that he knows is going to close out the game or even start it. He kind of he tinkers and he lets the play on the court dictate the way he's going to coach the rest of the
1: game. Man, it sure would be nice if Josh participated in basketball talk <laughs> and just at least ask Bob a question or Eddie a question.
0: <laughs> Is Trey Young still on the team? <laughs> it was four years
3: ago, Josh. So four years Damn ago it. this week. And Holy it, shit. it was funny, but <sighs> you think... Hannes, Polya, Brady Manick, and Trey and, and, and Trey Young. That's quite the twenty
2: seventeen class. Yeah, I mean look at look at where OU is right now. They're in the top ten. Of course Trey Young's not on the team anymore.
1: <laughs>
2: oh, no. No, not at this at least not at
0: this point of the season. It's late. So I mean, so you you feel that the back? strength of that oh, class no. was Brady Manick, is what you're saying.
2: I'm going to still go with Hannes Pola as well. Where is Is Pola? I know. Isn't he at, like, eastern Tennessee or, like, one of those directional Tennessee? He could have been initially, but you think he's still there? I don't know. I don't know. Miss him.
3: But, yeah, I mean, that Trey Young team was almost going to always be known as the one that made the top 16, like, for this last weekend. And then didn't make the tournament. And, you know, obviously they were, tendency, they were the last at-large team to get in that didn't have to play on those first four games. But, yeah, this team, that, that the makeup of this team is a lot different compared to that group, for
1: sure. Okay, well, Valentine's Day is over, and uh, the weather is going to get better and better. But I'll tell you what, Eddie. Uh, I found out something new out shoveling snow. And that is if I put my boardroom socks on uh, to protect against the cold and uh, also put on my tennis shoes, that's a match made in heaven right there. It just feels like you're uh, walking on pillows, uh, walking on a crowd. But go to Dead Soxy, uh and use your promo code exclusively for Soonerscoop.com listeners, uh, podcast listeners, and uh, subscribers. Get 30% off uh, using that promo code BOOMER. Uh, at checkout, you'll save on your entire order. Uh, the, uh, no show invisible socks, the boardroom dress socks, uh, high quality source fabrics that will up your sock game to the next level. Uh, and we've got, uh, some things brewing for OU fans. You guys have been such good supporters of dead Soxy, uh, might have, uh, some new inventory coming soon for you, uh, working on it with the guys over there. Uh, but Eddie, um, I don't know if you were shoveling snow, uh, you've definitely been getting out and about driving to your radio station every morning, and I'm I'm sure Dead Soxie's been a part of that.
2: Yeah, and you know what the best part about that is? And I haven't been doing any shoveling. There's no shoveling in the Radosovich household. But I can tell you, and probably the, th- the same thing that you experienced was when you are bundled up and you have like seven layers of clothes on because of this ungodly uh, winter blast that we've been through, you don't have to keep bending down because of the patented no-slip silicone ah, beads.
1: Oh, yeah, that's
2: true. So there's no slippage, you which is probably the best part about Dead Soxie.
1: You don't get that. You you're, you don't get the wet feet, also uh, yeah, weird ankle off, thing. And then
2: you have to go all the way down. You have to bend over, get through <laughs> all of the layers of clothes. That's probably my favorite part over here of the last week.
1: That's a very good point. Well, get yours. Go to D e a d s o x y deadsox uh, com. Use that promo code BOOMER. You get 30% off the best dress socks that you've ever put on. Uh, and as always, guys, remember, stay socksy. All right. Um, I think we've noticed uh, that there's been a lot of activity on Twitter. Uh, it seems, Josh and, and Bob, I know you're a big tracker of this. Uh, it seems like uh, there's a concerted push to really get going here uh, with recruiting with the coaching staff right now. There's a new video that was released. I know a lot of people got pissed off about the eyeball emojis <laughs> uh, losing their value a little bit. We're now using them to tease videos. The first shot. I I,
3: I I think the eyes will be post commitment. That was what Relique Brown was. I think he finally decided, been burned too much about doing it too early, and then it doesn't happen. It I we have nothing else to gauge it on except Brown. So we'll have to wait for the next commitment to see if when that kid announces if, like, five minutes later. Who was he the first? The eyes who guy.
1: was the first one to break Lincoln's heart, to to dick oh, him over man. on the eyeball emojis?
0: I, the one that sticks out to me, um, Bob, is the the DB that ended up going to Ohio State, whose name I'm going to blank. Jansen like, Dunn.
3: Yeah, but yes, but there were that, that's the one. Jansen
1: Dunn.
0: Yeah,
3: that felt like the straw that broke the camel's back.
0: Yeah, that that's the one where it just felt like the world turned. Um, was it not the
1: major kid?
3: Major Burns was major. one of them for sure, but that yes. it seemed like Riley was still rolling with the punches. It was it was Jansen done because mm-hmm. they he was going to come in for the spring game last year, and then he tells what he tells Lincoln he's going to commit, and then within the hour it's flipped to Ohio State, and mm-hmm. it's almost like the, the eyes have they haven't been as consistent
1: you almost get the, if, get the feeling like lincoln wished he would have just committed and then decommitted because they just fucked <laughs> up the eyeball the, they 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 f- fucked up the uh, legitimacy of the eyeballs is what they did
0: which is clearly something just, he enjoys doing Yeah, like that mm-hmm. he has fun with that
3: he even said in one of our talks that one of the recruits hit the tweet button hit hit send for
2: the eyes oh. on
1: Lincoln's phone. Oh. I didn't remember that. I mean,
2: just based on the last three minutes of this, they should fire Lincoln Riley. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I get from it. I don't think he I well, don't think he enjoys it as much as he just knows that he can press one button and send an emoji and get retweeted five thousand times.
0: That's fair. That's fair. But you know, yep. that's the thing. Like the same people that would get furious about why does he even send it if they're not going to commit within the next you know seventy two hours? Like there should be some kind of rules about it. Are the same people now? They're like he's fucking around with it. He's doing stupid stuff with it. You can't have that both ways. You can't have him not do it and at the same time like he shouldn't do that because it doesn't work out the right way. Like you can't have like pick one. Go go one way or the other.
2: Yeah, I mean it's it's building it's content it's building. Part of the brand, furthering the brand, moving in front of eyeballs that you probably weren't in front of, you know, the day before. And that's the almost that's I I don't know what the percentage is, but I feel like it's probably more than 60 percent of recruiting is just being there. Um, I Josh, can't, I can't uh, wait think for... we'll get to see. A lot more just tell me I to f myself next time. <laughs> <laughs> I was
1: getting ready to say, do you think we'll see like uh, more uh, Billy Lucci shots like I Doc Lincoln? Dry fit optometrist uh, Lincoln.
0: That yeah, but I mean, and you have to give him some credit, you know, with what Eddie's saying. I'm looking I was kind of looking around at a few accounts. He has twice as many followers as Steve Sarkeesian does. He has almost as many followers as Ed Orgeron does. Like, he he has done a very nice job building a huge social media presence for himself.
2: Just off the top of my head, I wonder who the. Uh, I mean, does Lincoln have the biggest following of any college head coach?
0: Well, like I said, uh, uh, Orgeron has more. Here, I'm trying to. Okay, Orgeron like, does. Yeah, and it's tough because. Some of them, you know, like, I don't think Nick Saban has a real encounter. If he does, like, it's not public. Um, so, like, Dabo, I can't find one for Dabo directly, but I'm betting he's got one, does not he? But, I mean, it, sorry, let's not Twitter search while doing the pod. But, it, you know, it, it just, like I said, I mean, he has done a really good job of building that, that brand for himself.
3: Yeah, Josh, what I was going to ask is, will we see more eyes now that, the recruiting dead period, it inexplicably, has now been extended to at least May 31st. You think a oh. lot more kids are going to start making decisions because. I'm excited for this rant. That's just what they have to do. That's what the hand they've been dealt. I
0: I, I think so because, Bob, I mean, we, we saw what happened in the transfer market last year. We saw how that that's going to go. These kids are learning, and I, I think to their credit, there are some guys out there that are. Uh, you know, handler is the wrong word because I, I, I think some of the guys I'm thinking of actually, they know this stuff. They they really are trying to do things for the kids' best interest, and they're telling these guys, hey, man, if you know what you want to do, don't waste time. Like th- These spots are going to dry up faster than they ever have before. I think 2022 is going to get pinched harder than any class probably ever has. Um, and e- Eddie's right. Like I, I could go on a five-minute rail about this canceling the the visits and I mean, it's, it's just Do it's it. absurd like there's no standing for it like I'd love to hear you guys if you have any reason that could possibly back it up we're gonna allow twenty thousands of fans from God knows where to come into our stadiums, but a but ten fifteen players. I mean, the NCAA can limit it. That's fine if you want to say no more than seven official visitors in a weekend, or do you want to say you know unofficial visitors have to be court like I mean, you want to make some rules? Fine, like I can live with that. But where you're just saying no, no, these players, we can't do that. We can't allow that. Why? What is the reasoning behind it? What is the basis? I, I, I just—it's not so much that I think it's stupid, which I absolutely do. I can't find any reason to support it. Like, I, th- there has to be something I'm drastically missing, other than the twenty thousand that come in pay money, and those kids don't, and they're going to be our free labor in a couple of years.
1: Well, especially when you're you're not in the middle of competition, it doesn't make a lot of sense.
0: I mean, yeah, the
1: kid, you know, a, a recruit is going to come in and maybe have COVID and, and be around some other people. Uh, well, it's not like it's going to prevent a league from canceling all its games or something.
0: Absolutely, and you you've got uh, you can do things to isolate these situations. Like you can't. Do, I mean, like, the, the university puts stuff in place in the stands and that kind of stuff, but we all know there's only so far they can go with it before it, there's a backlash to it. You can only go so far, uh, especially in the areas where, that are truly football craze. There, there's just so far you can push your rules and how you want to manage it As a football coach, Lincoln Riley is going to do everything he can to make sure his team, his 2021 team, can field them. They can go out on the field every week. If that means he's got to isolate those guys from the recruits, that's exactly what the hell he's going to do. But, like, to not allow these guys to walk around, see things, like, there are steps you can make to make it as safe as possible and to limit the exposure. I mean, I think we all saw last year, the college football players are not you know, walking on pins and needles on how they're going to follow these rules. So to act like the pl- the recruits and the coaches can't govern it just as well is crazy to me.
1: And it kind of tells you that they know it was a it was a I don't know bad choice, but a really unpopular choice because they went out of their way to say, "Look, we know that you guys want to visit, and by August we'll." have a clear set of rules for how this is going to work when we finally open it back up. It's like they were, it's like they were trying to say, look, we're, we're extending this, uh, but we know we probably don't need to extend it, and because of that, we're going to really, really be ready for you guys to take trips when this is over. Like, they basically said, there's no chance that we're going to extend this again, but we're going to extend it now.
0: Yeah, it's a total appeasement. I mean, they're, yeah. they're don't be mad because down the road we're going to do what we could have done right now. Yeah. like I, I mean, like, is anybody going to be mad if the NCAA said, you know what, we kind of thought maybe we would delay this, but we, we've decided we were going to wait until August. Give us another two weeks. Let us figure this out. Because they were, I mean, it was pushed to, what, April right now? I mean, they had time to be like, oh, okay, this is what we're going to do. because. What, what, what Are these schools going to be like, oh, no, we just don't have enough time to put these things in place. They're going to be hell, yes, fine. We'll do whatever you want. Let us go visit these kids. Let them visit us or, or one or the other. I mean, let let something happen. Well, you know but what else you where have? Where there is just no in-person contacts? It's, it's just insanity. What else you have to do, though, uh,
1: and I don't know if this is part of it, but you have got to come up with – uh the plan for what roster management is going to look like when you start having kids coming in to visit you need to know like within two years we need to be down to you know uh 95 or something and then three years it's back to 85 like you're gonna have to know whether you need to process kids or tell seniors that they can't come back or they you know they don't have a spot like You have to give the schools a roadmap to how, you know, how and when they need to get back to 85 scholarships because otherwise you're just going to be bringing in all these kids and you don't know if you're going to be able to take them or not
0: or transfers. Uh, Like I said, and that's, and that's why I think 2022 is going to get pinched hard because there's no allowance for it. It's just one oh or what is it? 110 back to 85. Like it doesn't work like that. And so you're going to have kids, that transfer portal could be absolutely. I mean, we think it was crazy this year. It could be nuts next year with some of these schools that have just not given a shit, and they're like, "We're going to hit whatever number we want to hit, and then we'll cut whatever fat whenever we have to."
1: Well, and that's the thing. Like that's, we've we've said it all along. Lincoln has been he's been pretty uh, conservative about that stuff. But there's a lot of schools that are just like, "Let's just take what who we, we who we can get. And we'll worry about the rest later." Yep.
2: And I would imagine just, that it doesn't it hurt. I mean, I don't think that it's necessarily hurting the Oklahomas of the world. This is killing the the middle tier programs that are trying to get kids in that maybe you can swing them if you get them on campus.
0: Well, and especially early, Eddie, like, you know, the, the schools like, I don't know, um, i trying to give a good like Iowa State is a really good example. Like Iowa State is not going to beat OU head up on a recruit. They're just not going to do it. But if they get the kid from, let's say, Ohio, he's in early and they like him and OU likes him, but, man, they were there, they offered early, he came in for a couple of visits, it's closer to home, maybe that can win for you. Maybe that, that can make a difference. But when you can't build that, I mean, because, guys, Zoom call, I mean, we all know Zoom call talking to your buddy or your family, it's not the same. It's just it's, There's no way that you feel the same closeness, you feel like you've really connected on the same level, and to expect these kids to be able to do it any differently, and while, as I say every time, making the biggest decision of their, you know, their young lives, it's insane. It's an insane expectation, it, and it still boggles my mind that OU got Nathan Rollins kabange and Mario Williams to sign and are now enrolled. And seeing Norman for the first time ever was when they moved in. That's that's crazy. Yeah, I
1: mean. Like you'd say, like that's a situation that shouldn't happen. We understand why it happened. I mean, it's just the way things were. Uh, it, I, I think the thing about it is, is you know, again, you just got to give credit to the OU staff for recruiting in those situations or in that situation.
0: Oh sure, sure. No, and like I said, last year it was really tough on 2021, and I hate it for him. It was unfair. Like that, that sucked. But you kind of understood it because everybody got blindsided by it. Man, we all know the score now. Like, we kind of know what's what. We know what we can do, what we can't do, what's going to look terrible, what's going to be pretty much accepted. 10 or 12, 15 recruits showing up and saying, you know, like one family member, you can bring mom, you can bring dad, you can, you know, whoever it's going to be, you can have one person come with you. It's not going to alter the entire course of COVID. Like, calm down with that stuff. So it's just, I don't know. Like I said, it's just one of these things where – it feels like they're just kicking the can down the road because they don't want to deal with, you know, there's going to be some people that are not happy about this. But those people and their relationship to college football has nothing to do with the people who are, like, their future is invested in this.
2: Oh, and the best part about all of it is, is on top of that, if you really want to get to that campus, even though you, quote, can't talk to the coaches, you can still get there if you want. See, see the Sooner Summit
0: absolutely you're not stopping anything like you're just like well we don't have blame for it Well that's but that, not and, the but reason that's like, you do isn't something.
2: that the, the name of the game for the ncaa as far as <laughs> making a rule and making it to where it is basically breakable but then if you do break it they try to come down on you it's like i feel like they never there's never like any type of true guidance from them they make a rule and then it's like yeah f- it they can do whatever they want
0: Well, Eddie, I mean, the reason Tennessee, as I said last week, was losing all those recruits to Georgia and Alabama is just because, you know, just they were giving – their bags weren't as nice, I guess. Um, You know, it's amazing – like, how many guys a year does Tennessee lose to other programs? Do you think that that's happening because they were paying more? Like, I still, I don't, I'm kind of like, we really don't think we should take a look at some other programs, see maybe what's happening at Florida State. Um, but, you know, anyway, we're just, you know, we're kind of talking here. Ryan Varto, good dude. Um, but, uh, good. yeah. No, it is absolutely not what I've told you. That you're, oof.
3: you're Kevin Nealon right now.
0: I Yeah. I, you know, that that's right in my important <laughs> growth years of comedy. So there's some Kevin right? Nealon definitely in my in my core.
1: I never was a fan. Well,
3: of Kevin Nealon, yeah, Sub, the subliminal really? message man.
1: Yeah, I just, I him or Dennis Miller. I mean, I'm more of a fan of Dennis <laughs> mm. Miller
0: than Kevin. Oh Neelan. no. Miller is political. Like he's super there. political. I can't do him.
1: No, I just love the really obscure references he would drop all the time.
0: Oh, my God. Like, And it was okay on the show. That year of Monday Night Football was atrocious. Oh, no, like,
1: I'm not talking. No, I don't. I was not yeah, a fan no, of that, Dennis not. Miller. I, <laughs> that was. Well, I don't know. I might take Dennis Miller over Booger McFarland.
0: <laughs> I'll take him over Jason Witten. Hey. Speaking of, how, how's Jason Witten's tenure in Norman going? Is it pretty good?
2: <laughs> they're, they're just settling into a house in Brookhaven.
0: Oh. <laughs> Coach, Annette, is he Norman North or Norman High? Which, which one did he go to?
2: You know what's funny, Josh? It's funny that you bring that up because he actually bought Calvin Thibodeau's house when, Cal- when Thibodeau got fired last year.
0: Oh a two year plan. It's, well, no, I don't it think it's gone together, to plan. Yeah, I don't think of that I don't think that two year plan's gone quite to plan, you know. Arguably mm-hmm. the best defensive line in the country. But, you know, what, what's he doing? How crazy is that, guys? I mean, like we'll get into like that stuff more in the summer. But I mean, Oklahoma has a legitimate case as the best defensive line in college football.
2: It's I guess that's not nuts. as surprising as it is. Uh, well, I guess it is a little surprising. I mean, I don't know. It, w- what, well, let me ask you wild. this
1: who's more talented, uh, OU's defensive line or Casey Thompson and B.J. B. John Robinson?
0: Oh, God. God, he, yeah. God, and I hate it so much because I know both those kids pretty well, and I don't want to shit on either one. Like Bijan's a monster; I love that dude. Casey, I'm rooting for him; yeah, like I like absolutely. him as a human being, and I know you do too. Yeah. But I'm like, because oh, like, it's it's and it's shit like that. We're like, we told you guys, we told all of you, and you gave him you gave him clout, and now, oh God. Then we we tried, to do we tried to stop him. We tried to stop him. I well, if we don't mention by name. It didn't yeah. Try and
1: stop anybody. We just it just wasn't a good fit. Oh,
0: no, I, I tried to stop him. I tried to
1: Yeah, you tried him. to yeah. stop him. Eddie's tried to no. stop him.
0: <laughs> no, like that's the funniest thing is like he thinks there's I, uh, it's 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 that's too far behind the curtain. But like I I didn't have a problem with the way he operated for us. Like you said, it just wasn't a good fit. And then he reinvented himself as Superfan and like. Couldn't be further from reality. <laughs> it's a play.
2: Someday we'll have a uh, podcast just all about that. It's maybe a... the summer. He's made maybe a... the that, summer. That... I'll drink a handle of something. And we'll...
1: <laughs> <laughs> the next drunken podcast.
0: Do we have? Good. We, we we should have like a file of that story from the uh, the boosters uh, the dinner thing. That, that that should be a file we've saved somewhere. You mean the uh, the the born thing? No, but no, when, when, it was, the we alumni dinner or the coaches thing. Career. And the story had nothing to do with what was actually said there. It was about how nice the meals were and mm. like shaming the people for having well, a nice well, dinner. One.
2: The caravan, carry. Oh,
1: okay, yeah, okay.
0: I, I sorry, I couldn't think of the right word for it, but yeah.
2: You know what's kind of crazy is I feel like since the bowl game, the Hudson card thing has definitely gotten stronger. I, I mean, I feel like you talk to Texas people and they feel, they think Hudson card is going to be the starter down there.
0: I uh, I told there were people that were like, uh, um, and one of them is a kid I covered in high school that played with Casey. He was like, I told you Casey's going to be the best. He's better than Rattler, blah, blah. I'm like, dude, he ain't going to start this year. Like and I just got nothing to do with Casey being good or bad or whatever. There is so I mean, much was, pressure for that kid to take the job. Did he
1: –
0: did Casey I, – I mean,
1: I know he transferred to Newcastle or whatever, but was he – did he have injury problems this senior year? Did I remember him getting hurt and missing a bunch of games?
0: I don't remember that, Bob. Okay, I don't. I could be wrong. I mean, like, Casey was a little off my radar at that point. Um, right. Maybe exactly. he missed some that. games
1: just for transferring or something. I mean, it just seemed like there was something. Anyway, my point was, I, I, my biggest concern for Casey is just staying healthy because he's just not a big dude.
0: That's, yep. I, and it just, people are taking a lot out of that Colorado game. And I'm like, man, don't get me wrong. He looked great. He really, really did, but... That's that's not exactly the litmus test you're looking for. And the thing about um, this,
1: think about this, like Spencer Rattler got hurt last year and it was against Kansas of all teams. Like Yeah. It yep. it's not like you have you're going to get hurt yeah. against yep. Oklahoma every game, but you can get hurt playing the worst team in the conference just because other teams have physical players that can punish you, even if they suck as a team.
0: It looks like Casey played all 10 his senior year just looking at okay. his stats. Um, but you know, I think I'm probably uh, just
1: confused because there's just so much controversy with Southmore and Newcastle. And- sure, oh sure, Toronto's sure. And- hey,
0: and the uh, the guy who left Southmore and took over Newcastle, Jeff Brickman, and then you know that Casey went with. They've done a hell of a job. Newcastle had two guys in my Sooner State rankings this year. That I can ah. say that isn't. They've never had one. So it, it, it's. Coach Brick's always been a guy Jeff we've worked knows what with, with a lot, doing, and he's yeah. good, dude. Yeah, he, he's he's really done a nice job down there.
1: Okay, outside of that, um, we've seen, you know, new offers going out. Um, anything that's really stood out to you with that or, you know, and we can even talk about your, your uh, Sooner State uh, list and, and anything that really stood out or any film that you saw that you were like, okay, wow, this, this kid's a lot better than I thought.
0: Uh, going over some of the new offers, um, the, the Trey Wisner kid out of, out of the Austin area, he's a, he's an absolute monster, um, a running back 2023 guy. That's been the thing, um, that I've noticed is they're, they clearly have gotten started on 2023 pretty hard. Um, I, which, which tells me that, I wouldn't say they know what 2022 is going to look like, but they're starting to get a feel for, okay, this is what our numbers are going to look like here. We kind of think this guy, this guy, this guy could fill those spots and kind of go in that direction. One of the ones, and it just happened yesterday, and it just kind of going through the the timeline, trying to make sure I haven't, you know, I kind of mentioned anybody that sticks out. The Ish Harris kid from Pilot Point that is a, like, 6'4", 220, plays running back, D.B., um uh, linebacker is where uh, he uh, he was offered by Brian Odom so clearly Oklahoma sees him as a linebacker and it's really interesting because his body type kind of similar to Jordan mukes um, it, it's but it just tells you I mean like they that speed and length is not stopping anytime soon that that is what they are thinking about and that's where their brain is um, the one that I'm watching close really right now for me and you know Bob might have a different take on this is Chris McClellan guy. Uh, was number four in my first release of Sooner State Rankings. It's been at Tulsa Edison. Is transferring to Owasso for his senior year. Um, really active. His junior tape looks great. I'm really interested to see what he does when he gets in with Owasso's strength program, which is probably the best in the state, in my opinion, under a guy named Jordan Johnson that does an outstanding job for them. Um, and I, I want to see how he develops, you know, when he really gets pushed day in and day out and just – Like I said, I think he's a guy that I know Oklahoma has interest in, and I think if just a few chips fell right, he could definitely be the next in-state offer.
3: I liked watching McClellan a couple camps last summer and then watching Edison versus Shawnee. Probably not the best showcase of what he can really do, but you can see that a lot of potential there. And when you heard about that move or transfer to Owasso a couple weeks ago, like, that's a nice fit, and, you know, as much as he's already done just fine. He got what the Oregon offer earlier this week, like he's not hurting for any power five offers, but going to a school like Owasso should just, you know, amplify everything that's going on with him and put him in the right environment to succeed
2: as much as possible.
0: Absolutely. Um, is, the, the is, one is, other guy he, I did. Oh, go ahead.
2: I was just going to say, is, I mean, it's, is he a guy that you would consider absolutely on Oklahoma's radar?
0: Absolutely. That I know that Oklahoma likes him, that they are interested. I think it's a matter of, you know, they've just got some other guys that maybe they're just a little higher on. Maybe they've got a little bit more familiarity with, a little more relationship with. Uh, you know, guys like Amari Abor. uh Derek Moore is a guy that Scoop's going to have some stuff on on Friday. It sounds like Oklahoma's really, really, really in, in there pretty tight. So that's going to be an interesting race. Uh, could be, you know, Jamar Kane's next big, huge steal, uh, big, you know, four-star arrival, from 100 guy out of the, uh, another guy out of that DC, Maryland, Virginia area. So, um, but what, one guy, one offer that I did want to say was kind of interesting for not so much for his offer, but what it kind of indicates. Uh, Makai Lemon, a, a wide receiver out of California, that Oklahoma offered. High school teammates with Malachi Nelson, classmates with Malachi Nelson, the, the quarterback offer from uh, Los Alamitos there in California. Um, you've got to think that's a sign of Oklahoma really trying – those guys, I've been told, want to play together. So it sounds like Oklahoma is really, you know, like I said a couple weeks ago, full steam ahead on Malachi Nelson in 2023, trying to make him their guy. And then, you know, like we first reported a couple weeks ago as well, 2022 right now? I'm not sure there's going to be a quarterback in that class. We're going to have to watch it. And I I think it could be a situation where Oklahoma goes after a good opportunity. If something were to kind of fall into their lap, kind of like Chandler Morris uh, in the 2020 class, maybe something like that could work out late. But right now, I don't think that's the plan uh, to have a quarterback in 2022. It's interesting
3: because they could be going through the same two scholarship thing if Spencer Rattler has the year – we all think he does, and leaves, and it's just Caleb and Mike and Micah Bowens. Interesting.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, I, I think with – got to think with Riley, and especially, like you said, you mentioned Micah Bowens and the way they handled that. Riley's got to feel like, you know what, I can always find a guy in here to be an arm. Like I can have a guy come mm-hmm. in, transfer in, be around, and then say, you know, a year from now, well, I'm transferring out of Oklahoma. I'm going to get some clout out of that, and then I can, you know, go and try to start wherever I want to go. Um you've got to think he's just so long as he has his guy, the guy he – because that, that's the only risk about this or not the only risk, but it's the biggest one to me. Man, you better get the guys you're after because you start leaning on, okay, th- this guy, well, he was our third option. So far, you've gotten Rattler, you've gotten Caleb Williams. You're doing exactly what you need to do. But you have that year where you have a hiccup, and then it gets complicated. But at the same time, you can easily argue, okay, say you miss that guy. Well, in the next class, when it where, you know, where it's been 2019, 2021, and 2023, well, you miss your guy in, you know, 2023. Well, okay, now 2024 becomes important. But the problem with that is then you might be starting a true freshman if that's what it comes down to. So it's it's really it's – it's super aggressive, and I like it to an extent. But, I mean, it's playing with fire. There's no doubt about it.
1: I really don't think Spencer Rattler will leave after this year. I, I th- really? Well, it's impossible. Really? Yeah, it's impossible. He's a high school quarterback, and Lincoln Riley can't develop high school quarterbacks.
0: Oh, that's a fair point. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well,
2: oh, and it's also going to be weird. It's also going to be weird too that if he were to announce at the end of this year doing it as somebody that was a backup to a true freshman.
1: Yes, that that as well.
2: <laughs> People forget about that,
0: that agenda is still being pushed. That is like, don't. Don't go that bad and double down. Like, have just kind of walk away from it.
1: Have we verbally subtweeted more people in one podcast than we have today? Uh,
3: probably so. Let's keep that going. Cabin But fever. I mean, we're all we're all stuck inside. I, I still
2: have a to be fair. Of people I've gone
1: directly out a few. I think we just missed an Eddie Jim there. Oh, damn it. Say that again, Eddie.
2: We're only halfway through my list. I got more people to go. Oh, OK. <laughs>
0: I mentioned a couple by name. I mean, they were, you know, as uh, Bob said, kind of muttered under my breath, but I think anybody listening knows, knows who I'm talking about.
1: The shit talkingest podcast in Oklahoma today. Yeah, it's fair. I mean, we can't, I mean, Eddie, you have that long list and you can't even include any weathermen on that. I mean, that's got to be the biggest mm. disappointment of the last couple of weeks. I mean, I. I I I really thought we were going to have to maybe make some welfare checks on you uh, because they kind of didn't f***
2: up this time. Yeah, it, it's the story of my life. We got saved by about a half of an inch. If we didn't get four inches on, uh, what was that, Wednesday, I probably would have had an insurrection at KFOR. <laughs> <laughs> by the
1: way, that, that was nice seeing the boom pole for the first time ever.
2: Yeah, it made a little bit of an appearance. It's I didn't still even the know car. you had that it's, it's thing. I was like, now. When
1: did you when did you take that? Uh, no. I think I gave it to you before you were gonna go see somebody or something. I think because yeah. it, we were like, well, socially distance, you know, yourself if you do an interview. Oh,
2: Yeah, no, that's what it was. I think it was one of the times that we went to go see maybe uh Might have been, oh, it might have been uh, Latrell McCutcheon. I might have grabbed it when we were going down there when I was meeting Josh down in Austin. Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: So, by the way, uh, NFL draft stuff, unless you guys had some recruiting you want to hit on real quick here to finish uh, it just, off.
2: Just as far as like the 2022 Center State Rankings, Josh, I mean, I, I think it was a kind of a given who the top three were going to be. Uh, McClellan probably kind of on the outside looking like he can make a jump. Are there any other guys that you feel like are – kind of under the radar of a lot of people. I think everybody kind of knows about Gentry, Shetron uh, and uh, Jacob Sexton.
0: Uh, the guy that I, I'm really intrigued by, it. like, and I – Eddie, you saw him with me, uh, Deshaun Brown from Choctaw. We saw yeah. him in that Booker T game, and it was one of those things where I knew he was pretty good coming in, but, man, I mean, Eddie, for my money, he was the best player on that field that night, and I don't think it was that close. I mean, he was dominant, and yeah. – um, he-
2: a very good football player that is uh, probably. I guess he got his four stars, so we can't say criminally underrated. He's
0: sure he's gonna. Sure. I, I, the
2: guy. The thing with him too is, I think the most exciting is to see what kind of jump he makes physically from junior to senior year.
0: I, I agree because you know, and I've had some people tell me in around Choctaw that he's grown a little bit more. If he's one of those guys that can push into six three, six four, then we could be having the same conversation we are about Chris McClellan, where. Man, is he just too good to not be part of what you're doing in Norman? I mean, he—he's—he uh, you don't find pass rushers in your home state that often, and to let him get away would be would be pretty painful. Um, but at the same time, you know, like I've said before, if you get if you got guys that you think are better, then that's where you go. You can't you can't do it by state. It just doesn't work like that. Um, another guy, a couple other guys I really like, Robert Spears Jennings, who I've got at 11, uh, out of Broken Arrow. Big receiver. I knew he had a good size when I saw him in the, in the summer when I made my tour. But his tape, he is very explosive. I, I think averaged 21, 20 yards a catch this season. So had a really big year. Um, and the guy that probably is most interesting to me, not just because of his name, but there is some names like – Lashero Wildcat from Pawhuska. What? Um, yes, yes. 210, Got a wrestling background, Uh-oh. and you watch his tape. All that dude does is make plays in the backfield. He is. It's one of those things where, like, I, I really did. I checked with his head coach. I checked with teammates. Like, and I was like, I was kind of asking about his height because I was interested, but I was also like, is this a Gotch Yarbrough situation where somebody's with me on this name like i'm looking at the tape and i see it and it looks real but i'm like this could be anybody like i did not trust it but his tape is really good i'm really anxious to see him and paul huska i mentioned newcastle having two guys paul huska has two guys in the top 19 with he and Mason gilkey the receiver that committed to oklahoma state so there are um i i said it kind of in the lead into this story Guys, I think this class with both elite guys at the top with Gentry, Talon, Sexton, kind of McClellan and some other guys knocking on that door, and then the depth, uh, it's one of the best years I've ever covered in Oklahoma. It's a really, really good class. I kept finding guys. uh, Jaleel Johnson at Putnam North, Eddie, is a guy I like a lot. And, you know, I know talking to the staff there, they think he is completely just raw and still just figuring everything out, but... I mean, guys, there are guys in the thirties that have power five offers. Like that that's unheard of. That does not happen. So yeah. it is um it's a good class with a lot of size, a lot of length.
2: I mean, look at just look at uh, Cade McConnell as an example. You have him at twelve and he's committed to TCU. When was the last time yeah. that like the twelfth best player in the state was committed to a school like TCU?
0: Uh it it's rare. I mean, and, and like I said, I and it's one of those Shit, things pretty. where I'm thinking like Andre dollar yeah. Yeah, Andre Dollar's committed to Oregon. I've got him at number 13. I mean, like, that is it, – it's crazy. It's just a very, very good year. And I, I think, like I said, the top three or four are very good. Hold up against – a about any class short of that 2006 group with McCoy and Gresham and Sam and, you know, Dominique Franks and all those guys. That was just such a great, great class. And maybe, you know, I mean, hindsight helps. I mean, Sam won a Heisman. Gerald McCoy is an All-American. Jermaine Gresham, first-round pick. I mean, it, it makes that class even better in hindsight than it was in real time. Maybe this class can do something similar. But I think what really makes it special is like 5 to 25, those are there's a lot of power 5 guys in that group that are that are really really good players
1: you know i i don't know you talk about all these players and teams coming in i think the whole pandemic thing and the the dead period it to me it's going to be really interesting with oklahoma kids uh when you have you know not that they had a a season that it was all that impressive. It just didn't suck in 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 Arkansas, but I know that you know Sam Pittman wants to recruit, be more aggressive recruiting in Oklahoma. Like I'm really curious, and you know you have Texas A and M coming in lately, and uh, I I don't think that uh, Sarkeesian, if he sees a guy he thinks can help him, I don't think he's going to stay out of the state. Uh, but I you know it's going to be really interesting when things open back up. And visits take place to see, to me, if Arkansas can do what they want to do in Oklahoma and and, and grab a kid or two here or there. Not necessarily uh, from the Sooners, uh, but maybe get in a battle with Oklahoma State for some guys.
0: I can tell you right now, guys, they are full court pressure on Gentry Williams. They want him bad. And I know people are like, oh, that would never happen. And I, again, I think OU's a heavy leader there, but... Again, his good friend, teammate, Kewon Parker, just signed with Arkansas, is going to be, you know, I think is already on campus. So there is, I mean, it's not completely crazy. And, again, there is plenty of presence for Arkansas in the Tulsa area. So um, that that won't go away. But, you know, talking to Gentry and and all of this, weather chaos has, has slowed me down on writing the story, but he and I did a long, long interview last week, really caught up for a while, and I um, I, I would say probably OU, Arkansas, maybe like Florida and USC are some that are, and LSU. I, I, I would say if you made me pick a five for him, I think that would be the five you're looking at. Um, but, you know, it, 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 he admitted, I mean, you know, there's several that are kind of there all the time, and there's a few that kind of move in and out. But uh, I, I got the impression, talking to him, USC is more of a factor than some people think they are.
2: Hmm. USC could go 0-12 for like five years, and I think kids would, and I, I completely get why. I'm not acting like I don't understand it. But they, they just continually bring kids in and just underperforming or mediocre, aren't they? Uh, I just don't it get is. it. I don't understand how schools like that get to where they are.
0: Well, and especially when you look at Oklahoma, who has so much, like, cons- like just consistent, good success, and it feels like they have to fight and scratch for everything. I mean, USC guys had the number 18 class in the country last year. Coming into the year, it kind of felt like Clay Helton was about to be fired. And, you know, they get the John Davis kid. I mean, but, God, Eddie, like, if you can lock down John Bosco in modern day, you're going to have... Eight of the top 250 players in the country, right there. Boom. Done. Well, Josh, remember like, the year they
1: had all the the recruiting sanctions, and they could only their class was tiny, and like yeah. every kid they signed was a five star. And it's like, yep. you're getting nothing but five stars in like an eleven person class or something. Like, how mm-hmm. does it not register with these guys? Like, maybe I shouldn't be going here because there's not very many. There's not a lot of players that are going to be on this roster, and there's a chance that we might not be very good if I go there. But they got all those five stars anyway. They still, yep. I don't remember what year that was. It was probably like,
0: oh, 10, oh, nine, I was thinking 10, the somewhere O's. in that Yeah. Uh, USC is
2: yeah. always t- t- going to be t- t- USC, though. I mean, once you get into that fraternity, you're in kind of, I don't, I don't know. I guess, I mean, I guess that's why it's, I don't know. Is it still a Blue Blood? Is it on the outside end looking like a Blue Blood? I, I have no idea what that conversation is. But, I mean, USC, playing football at USC would be badass. I I two thousand nine and two thousand
0: ten, they signed eighteen players in two thousand nine and had the number four class in the country. Signed eighteen players in two thousand ten and had the number one class in the country. <laughs> uh, now those classes didn't turn out great. Robert Woods they was a really good player, out. still yeah. still playing the NFL, yeah. Um but not a lot there that you look at like maybe that maybe there was a reason those guys made poor decisions maybe they were you know it just wasn't the right fit uh devon Kennard, you know had a nice little career but i mean there's not many here in these two classes matt barkley matt barkley got one of them uh i once got in trouble for dissing matt barkley in a rival story that i, I helped rivals write, and I, they didn't see it and edit and i kind of dissed him and i got in trouble so my my matt barkley story basically called him a wiener for not competing in the uh, the Army All-American, like, combine. And he, like, showed up. He got, like, player of the year, junior of the year, and got picked for the Army game. But he wouldn't compete in the camp, and I kind of dissed him for it. And, I, like, I remember Carrie Crabby was not pleased with me on that one. So that was – that's a fun little story. Mm. Yeah. I guess not that fun, but no, I thought it was fun.
1: No, I'm just I'm thinking like <laughs> never have to worry about that with me because we like shitting on everyone.
0: Yeah, we 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 shit on everybody. Um oh guys, you know, obviously Carson Wentz news has been big to me, but have we noticed has there been a speaking of shitting on people? Has there been a heavy uh, Jalen Hurts aggregation by anybody lately? You
1: oh, I
2: know, haven't I seen don't know it. If there has been. QB1 be now. It. Has been?
1: Yeah, you got to think you got to think uh the aggregators are going to be out in full force with that one. Now mm-hmm. it'll probably be, did did the Eagles just trade away their only legitimate quarterback?
0: Yes. And he's a Colt. <laughs> Suck it. <laughs> Maybe yeah. we
3: have more Philadelphia media for Lincoln Riley Zoom calls.
0: Oh my God.
1: <laughs> NBC Philadelphia, I think was on the last call. It was after he had he won his first game or something. I don't think they ever asked a question or were allowed to ask a question. Thank God. <laughs> I think that was signing. Which day? made
3: it. No, it it was it was gonna be, it was Hertz versus Murray.
1: Oh yeah, that's what it was. Yeah.
3: But yeah, it's like those people got on the call and sorry, we had real business to talk about.
1: Josh, were you like? Are you like one of those uh, fans? Like when. You know, you fire your coach, you're like, we're going to get Nick Saban. Like, did you think you were going to get Deshaun Watson?
0: Um, No. Like, I – I, and I think – I mean, guys, and maybe you feel the same way. For me, like, being around fans all the time and seeing some of the crazy thought lines they get down – and, I mean, I'm not saying all fans, but, like, I, I, I – i i grew up with one my dad is carrie uh, knows it like my, my dad lives and breathes oh <laughs> you football and seeing how far afield you can get with that stuff sometimes i've always been kind of leery to not be that fan like i'm not that guy um and so you're, I, I, you're, I, i'm you're usually pretty them. realistic you're better than them. Yeah. no i'm just like i, I <laughs> no. and that honestly when and that's the hard part because when something great happens, I probably don't get to enjoy it as much as they do because I'm just kind of like, yes, well, that was the way it was supposed to happen. Our defense matched up better with that that scheme. They were like, I think of things on that level all the time. Like I, it, it is, I, I rarely get to enjoy something as a fan because I'm You're thinking of it to it. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, I hate that, but like, you know what I mean. Like, I, I just don't think of it. I just it like, love how you're digging a ass. hole. I just
1: love how you're digging this hole for yourself. <laughs> no, like, it's it's not better. It's just ba- different. You, like, I,
0: you don't realize it, but you sound very condescending right now. Do you know the one team that I absolutely like? I put on my red, white, and blue bandana and drink Bud Lights while I watch them play U.S. soccer. I will be a shameless shill for U.S. soccer. I am. Well, I've I seen it. it's bad. It's not good. It's not Texas good at all.
2: A and M fan with as much success as they've had lately. an A and M slash U S soccer fan.
0: Sir, <laughs> don't you diss Christian Pulisic? I will not stand for it, Eddie.
2: No, they are supposed to be pretty good here over the next couple of years, aren't they?
0: Mm-hmm. they They're stealing kids that, from though. all over the world, so they you know that. But that. there's
2: like actual like American kids in Europe right now playing
0: that are young yep. that
2: are going to play for us. I'm in. I'm I'm going to go to the World Cup in uh, 2026. Where is it? If I make it five years. It's here in America. Oh, okay. Probably going to have a game at Taft.
1: (laughs) 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 Uh, All right. Um, I like the
2: new stadium, the map seven or whatever.
1: Real quick uh, (laughs) NFL draft, some interesting buzz on Ronnie Perkins. Guys, I almost get the feeling like it's actually helping Ronnie Perkins that he didn't play a lot of games this year because his production was so high, it's almost like people are not questioning the fact that he was suspended. They're, they're more focused on the fact of, man, that kid really, think if that kid had played a full season, how many, you know, how many stats he would have put up.
2: Yeah, it was. I, I think mean, there's something to Daniel that. Daniel Jeremiah, I think, Josh, you're the one that pointed it out. Daniel Jeremiah had him uh, all the, kind of sneaking into the first round.
0: Yeah, I think he's got uh, – hang on, I'm pulling it up right now, so I make sure I'm not screw it up. Was it he's the Jets? 23 to the Jets, yeah. yeah. Since Perkins is a very productive edge rusher who plays with physicality and tremendous effort. I think that's a pretty legit – I mean, like, if you were going to break down in a sentence or two what he was at the end of last year, that's, that's pretty much what I would say. I mean, he – It wasn't just like, oh, he's good. His effort was insane. Um, He was a man. I've rarely seen a guy run like. Yeah, I mean, he. You know, I, I, I I said something at the time like he missed football, man. Like, and that, I mean, it's it just he looked like a guy that did. He just wanted to play ball again. And I, you know, guys, and we said it on this pod. Like, I thought he was wrong to leave. If he gets a first, good, good for you, Ron. Like, you proved everybody wrong. Like, that's fine um i as a first rounder you're insane not to go you're crazy crazy go go take the money but i thought he was going to be late second early third but man he, yeah. if and jeremiah this isn't like some fluky guy you know from the CP, cbs sports plus third team or something like this. this is daniel jeremiah this guy knows people he has good sources he's if he's not a first rounder he's going to be close to it it would be my guess
1: Here's my other question uh, leading up to the draft is every time I see a picture of Ramondre Stevenson, I have to ask myself, like, okay, what was the deal? Did the coaches set a weight that they wanted him to play at? And he played it because, like, he's so so skinny now. Like, he's I don't know if he's doing that to just try and look better for the draft, but, like, he's not, like, Anywhere close to, like, 240, which I think he was when he was playing in college. Like, he's more like that, you know, 230 range now. Or maybe two—what was he at the Senior Bowl, like, 228 or something like that? I can't remember. Uh... And, 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 look, here's the thing. I think if that was the case with OU coaches, that was the right thing to do. Because what made him special, I thought, was that he was big— I mean, in that he moved like he did at that size,
2: you're just not going to bring him down on the first. Yeah. The first guy ain't bringing him down.
1: I just don't think he's as good a running back at like 225.
0: He 227 is what he apparently came in at Senior Bowl. That's uh, crazy. What I'm reading, so is apparently uh, that's almost 20 pounds lighter than what I kind of I, I was thinking. I always thought he was 240 245 while
1: he was yeah. at U. I guarantee he was. There's no way he was 230 at OU. No. Especially not last year. So you
3: think he just didn't like carrying it?
1: I don't know. I mean, I don't know. That's the that's the question I want to know. Was was he carrying that on purpose? Did he want to be lighter? And now he's he's just lighter.
2: It might be just as simple as he's had time to work out as opposed to, and I guess he did, you know, he had what the month before the season started when they came back from COVID. But I mean, he was only what two thirty-two at OU. Well, it's really, that's only five pounds lighter.
1: I guess it just, it just, he just looks a lot leaner. Looks
2: bigger in pads.
1: Yeah. But I, I, even during the game, I thought he looked a lot leaner, like quite a bit.
2: Oh, like during the actual uh, Senior Bowl?
1: Yeah, I mean, I know you didn't watch it. It wasn't worth watching because yeah. running backs. It was nobody did anything. It was a stalemate the entire day, offensive and defensive lines. Um, no, I just, I just, I, I find it curious because I think him being two forty is, you know, or two thirty five is. I think he's a better running back that way. So I don't know. I just thought that was kind of curious. So, all right. Um, I think we've uh, we've hit on just about every. By the way, real quick question. Uh, who has the better coach, University of Tennessee or UCF?
0: UCF. Right? I don't even know how that's a question.
2: That's a perfect situation for uh, Gus, isn't it? The pressure cooker?
0: I face say, yeah. if he can handle the pressure in Orlando,: Oh God.
2: I, you know what? I, I think there's he's a that, joke that I want to say right now, but I won't.
0: The whole
1: thing about I think it's a bad argument about how Arkansas screwed up. I don't think he was ever a good fit at Arkansas, not Not that he couldn't win there, but, I mean, he certainly was a better fit than Chad Morris. Uh, by the way. Did we talk about that last week about how TCU is hiring back? Mm-hmm. Okay.
2: Mm-hmm. Um we did.
1: But no, I mean, if he had gone to Arkansas, people always would have treated him like the high school <laughs> coach. I would I think it would just would have been natural. Like he needed to leave Arkansas to be a college coach, I think. Cause he was so well known for being a great high school coach. I just don't think that was an ideal
0: situation for him. I, honestly I, I think he's a i mean like arkansas is a place where you've got to take some chances and you know be kind of aggressive and i think gus doesn't have to be that guy i think i think gus is a pretty good coach like i i people auburn like it's it's hard for them to see it but like he was living in the shadow of the sun i mean like it didn't matter how good he was he was never going to be where alabama is right yeah. now and who would be? No, I mean, in that no situation, had to live yeah. in the same state? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's crazy. So, I mean, you put Urban Meyer at Auburn, and he wouldn't win like Nick was at Alabama. It just wasn't going to happen.
1: Well, and I, you know, I, look, I hope that Josh Heupel is successful at Tennessee. I really do. I mean, I don't have anything against Josh. He was always good to me. S- same. Um, it's a complicated situation with, you know, him in Oklahoma and Bob Stoops. But I want to see him do well at Tennessee. I don't know if he will, but I, I think he'll have a he'll have a good offense.
2: I I, I think what you guys said about it. I can't remember who it was on uh U40 a couple weeks ago. It's it's such a polar opposite of what you would think Tennessee wants in a head coach, needs in a head coach from on field performance and then off field recruiting wise, that maybe it will work. Like maybe this is such a crazy hire that it will end up working for him because whatever they've done over the last, you know, I guess two decades now certainly hasn't helped any. I, I wonder I how much Josh doing the recruiting side of it. It's no. just, I, I don't know him. And I, I love Joey Hosley too, but Halsey, like, Halsey. Yeah. I don't see either of those guys just being dynamic recruiters though. by any means. I mean, pales in comparison to what Riley's offering in the recruiting realm.
1: Yeah, I mean I, I it's it's interesting cuz you know th- there's that group that was always kind of together uh in in coaching circles which was Josh, uh Joey, uh Joe John and uh Cooper a little bit, uh, John Cooper. None of those guys like big personalities, like super like uh certainly not Switzer. I mean, like they're but they're not electric personalities. They're they're pretty reserved, almost introverted guys.
2: No doubt. But guys Do you that know, definitely know football. I mean, they're good coaches. Oh yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> uh Tennessee has not won its own division since 2007. They haven't won a conference title since 1998.
1: Yeah, that God. was uh, that was Peyton's last year, right? And,
0: and the uh, – no. Uh, uh, let's see. 96 would have been Peyton's. 97 was Peyton's last year. That was the year Woodson won the Heisman. So T. Martin uh, was the
1: quarterback when they won yep, it.
0: Yep. Yeah, because that 98 was the year they won the national title. They, they have a claimed national title from 1967 – that they went nine and two and lost to Oklahoma in the Orange Bowl. Now I know that was before they waited until after the season to to pick a national champion, but still, like you're gonna put a two loss team up there as a as a national title? Like I, I think no. We're we're gonna just stop that before we even begin. By something called Lipkin House.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, they had all kinds of national championships back in the day. There was That's the insane Dixieland news press. Or Joe Bob's Football Guide to America.
2: <laughs> well, they also News have press sounds like it was something that was ran by the Grand Knight himself.
0: <laughs> they have a 1938, and the the selectors listed are include Billingsley, Sagarin, Sagarin, Elo, Chess, and I'm like, wait, you're going back and adding them after the fact? Like what? Oh my God! The BCS
1: I computers individually, it sounds like.
0: Yes. I... <sighs> I don't know why OU continues to live high and, like, man, just go take your 74 national titles you could claim and stop the Alabama has 30 and nobody else has 10. Like, stop. Yeah, they Alabama claim ones doesn't that even else need claims. to lie
1: anymore. They have exactly. more legitimate ones than anybody else. Mm.
0: Yeah. Mm. That year you lost on the field to Georgia, you are not national title, champions over Georgia. That, that's not the way that works, Alabama.
1: Joe Bob's Football
0: Emporium said they were. Yeah, based out of Birmingham, Alabama.
1: All right. Um, I appreciate it, guys. I hope everybody stays safe. And seriously, you know, uh, really, uh, our thoughts are with you guys down in Texas especially. Uh, I know it has not been easy for folks in Dallas, especially in Houston and Austin. Um, I'm sure there are Sooners in Austin. Don't give me that, people. I know you're out there. Screw Austin. I know there are OU people in Austin. Um, they're on our boards, Austin Sooner, all those guys, uh, Sooner in Austin. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I hope for the best for you guys, and uh, hopefully it won't be too bad as things thaw. And if you've had property damage and things like that, uh, hopefully, you know, you're able to kind of get that taken care of uh, without too much hassle. So, uh, we're thinking about all you guys down there, and especially guys uh, here in Oklahoma. I know it's been a rough week. Uh, dealing with all this weather, so um, everybody just uh, just try and support each other, stop fighting with me on Twitter and each other, and we'll all get through this thing. Go shovel your driveway; it, it makes Bob and I feel better. It can work for you.
3: Pay Talk me about. to do it; I'll do it.
1: <laughs> God, you're out there hustling on. A, you got a side hustle going now?
3: <laughs> I should. I I love it so so much. It <laughs> makes me feel like a kid again.
1: All right, man, you you were in a labor camp when you were a kid, I guess. All right. uh, (laughs) Thanks, you guys. Uh, Hope you guys stay safe, and uh, we'll be back again at this uh, next week. And uh, remember, stay tuned. Uh, More uh, really big stuff coming from us in Dead Soxy soon. So uh, keep an eye out for that as well. Uh, So thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see you again this time next week, right here on the Unofficial 40 Podcast from Soonerscoop.com.